Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Cannon Institute. Uh, my name is Joseph Dresden. I am a senior program associate with the Cannon Institute, and we're so very glad to have all of you with us for today's virtual event on civic engagement and political participation of Russian youth. Uh, before we begin, I would very much like to thank today's co-sponsors, the Center for European Policy Analysis, SIPA, and the Levada Center. Today's discussion is based on a forthcoming joint report between Levada Center and SIPA, and that report will be published at the end of this month on around September 29. Uh, we will link to that report on this event page when it's ready, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, there'll be a variety of ways for you to access that. Uh, a, little bit, a few words about today's event. Uh, as Russian society becomes more modernized, the divide between the government's policies and the expectations and attitudes of its young people especially have widened. In recent years, younger Russians have become more and more critical of the Putin regime, uh, this generation is also more pro-Western and more likely to support minority rights, be engaged on the internet, uh, be active on social media. And today's panelists will discuss uh, this younger generation of Russians and the propensity towards civic engagement and political openness. Uh, we will begin uh, today with some conclusions from the report and takeaways uh, from Maria Snegovaya and Denis Volkov. Uh, and then we'll invite uh, Jill Doherty for some of her thoughts on this report. And then during the Q&A, we'll also hear from Stepan Goncharov. Uh, today, we're gonna begin with uh, Denise. Denise is a sociologist and deputy director at the Levada Center. He's been involved in more than 100 quantitative and qualitative research projects on different aspects of Russian society. He's authored works on sources of political regime support, attitudes towards the future, political attitudes of the Russian youth, protest activities in civil society in Russia. He's also a columnist for Carnegie Moscow Center. Denise, the floor is yours. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, uh, good to have you with us. And um, I will start to present our uh, joint work with uh, uh, Marie and Stepan. And uh, uh, the, this part about uh, young people uh, uh, attitudes uh, is the third part of our three, uh, three reports uh, on uh, how can Russia be modern and we're uh, looking at business, uh, business um, attitudes and uh, perception of uh, business, doing business in Russia, rule of law and now uh, we are looking closer to young people and I will um, try to uh, make uh, an uh, overview about differences of young people um, uh, from the uh, other older generations. And uh, uh, Marie will speak more uh, on the civic uh, engagement, our special uh, work that uh, we've done under this project. So what, uh, what I have to say is uh, how young people in Russia are different. Uh, uh, yes, already, uh, everyone knows that young people, not only just in Russia, but uh, everywhere, I think, uh, in the world, they are more uh, uh, confident internet users. But I think in Russia, it is, uh, makes, uh, makes special difference uh, between, uh, because uh, there, uh, there are now uh, more or less uh, two different uh, 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 realities, uh, media realities. One is uh, uh, state-run uh, TV channels, uh, state-controlled TV channels, which create a certain uh, picture, very solid, 
uh, with only uh, quite often one view, which is uh, state or official view of what's going on, the whole picture of, uh, uh, of what's going on, the whole uh, different understanding of what's going on. And the internet is giving more broader picture, different voices, different uh, uh, new faces, new alternatives. And uh, it happens so that uh, young, uh, generation who is um, who is very confident on the internet is uh, 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 now getting more uh, rich picture of what's going on. Uh, though, of course, young people, not every young people are interested in, uh, in politics generally, but if some story uh, as, for example, uh, protests in uh, 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 Khabarovsk protest in Belarus, a poisoning of uh, Navalny capture uh, uh, imagination of young people. Now they have capacity and instruments to uh, get a, a broader and richer picture of what's going on. And, and we see how uh, understanding uh, of the, what's going on, the attitudes towards different, uh, um, uh, different uh, events diverge in Russia. Uh, one understanding is of all the generations uh, which are uh, uh, dependent on TV, and uh, the other one is of young people who uh, who are not who are not dependent uh, uh, that much. In social me social media for younger generation, again, uh, uh, first of all, provide also um, space for uh, new faces, new uh, leaders, culture leaders. Uh, business leaders and political leaders to emerge, which uh, uh, could not do so within the uh, uh, tightly controlled TV, uh, TV reality. And with the uh, spread of uh, internet and social network networks, um, uh, such as uh, for political purpose, uh, I think uh, more important is uh, YouTube, Instagram, who provide visual uh, contact, uh, cont uh, uh, content, um, content. So uh, we see that uh, not only Navalny, if we are speaking about politicians, uh, but also Ilya Yashin, Nikolai Bondarenko from Saratov, Sobol, and others emerge as a new new leaders, uh, new faces of Rus Russia's uh, 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 politics. So, uh, but uh, going, uh, going further, we see that uh, younger generation are more entrepreneur, uh, in, um, less, uh, um, uh, uh, tend, uh, tend less to depend on the state and uh, business, doing business is uh, uh, interesting for, uh, for young people. And they again have these uh, examples in the social networks of independent people like uh, uh, Buzova, for example, which is uh, kind of a, uh, for older generation, a paragon of, uh, uh, of uh, 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 not very, uh, uh, well, she's a, a kind of diva and uh, uh, for older generation, she's not uh, shy and modest and everything, a paragon of everything bad. But for younger generation, she's a, a woman, independent woman, uh, which is, uh, uh, who is doing uh, her career. And this is very important. But again, I think it's, we think it's important for um, this um, 
attitude towards doing business uh, is uh, important for uh, uh, modern Russia in, a, uh, in the future. But again, this is a big question, how it, how it is uh, uh, possible to um, do business, uh, and we were speaking about this separately, in the state uh, dominated Russian economy. So maybe it's uh, not every young people uh, will have the opportunity to realize the, uh, uh, the um, wishes of uh, being more, uh, more independent from the state and doing uh, and working for, uh, uh, for themselves and being independent. I will maybe uh, skip something uh, uh, and uh, uh, speak only a uh, couple of more uh, differences. One is attractiveness of the West. Uh, and this is uh, uh, really a different, uh, uh, big difference between uh, uh, younger generation, older generation uh, uh, in Russia, because we see that uh, attitudes towards the West is more positive with younger generation. Uh, the West, on a, uh, more, um, in more cases, the West is a, uh, for younger generation is a paragon of development. Uh, a, a, a country that uh, a countries that Russia can uh, build itself uh, from uh, their model, and uh, what we saw uh, uh, saw in focus groups increasingly that all this uh, Hollywood, uh, uh, Disney, HBO for younger generation is uh, much more important than the older generations and Western culture per se in music pop music, Western pop music, hip hop and techno are more, uh, more important for uh, younger generation uh, versus uh, older who are uh, uh, interested more in uh, Soviet pop uh, music and Russian folk songs. Uh, but uh, uh, this attractiveness of the West is more about culture, more about wealth, and not uh, necessarily about politics. And we saw that uh, in uh, the uh, time of ultimate conflict, for example, during uh, 2014, we saw how even younger generation uh, were uh, very negative towards uh, the West and Western attitudes uh, 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 towards Russia, which many thought unfair and so on. So still, uh, it, when uh, high politics is involved, uh, uh, Russian government still has tools to influence uh, influence uh, younger generation because it's kind of a nationalism uh, which uh, which works. And uh, one one more thing, and I will end here and uh, give uh, floor to uh, uh, Maria. Uh, there is a new trend uh, that we uh, are now seeing for a year, maybe a year and a half, the growing alienation from the authorities in, first of all, in younger, uh, younger groups uh, with the younger uh, generations uh, more positive towards people who are going to, in, uh, to protest. We see it in Khabarovsk, in, in attitudes to, towards Khabarovsk, towards uh, uh, Moscow protests last year and now to Belarus protests, again, big gap, a generational gap with younger generation more positive uh, about those people who are going to protest. And they uh, say that they understand why they're doing so. 
and uh, there is nothing bad to do so to go in protest and their discontent and all the all the generations saying that well it's bad it's uh, western influence it's uh, uh, so uh, it's chaos and so on. So again, this is a, a divergence between generations of understanding the protest activities and also also uh, feeling uh, critical towards uh, uh, towards the uh, the government in Russia. It's a big question whether it will influence uh, the political system for for. Uh, 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 for example, and uh, maybe these attitudes may transform over time again with the younger uh, generations becoming more dependent from the state, state uh, enterprises and so on, but still we see at least some hope uh, in these differences, uh, differences, if they will stay at least uh, uh, some of them will be, uh, will Stay as uh, stay as it is. Uh, maybe there will be some hope for uh, a modernization of Russia. So civic engagement will look more uh, uh, um, uh, directly in our uh, uh, current uh, uh, current piece of uh, uh, research that we've made. And uh, 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 I think Paris will uh, now speak about it in more details. And I will uh, say. Uh, know more about it. Uh, thank you. And uh, then to Q&A session, session, of course, I will be here. Thank you. Well, well, before we turn over to Maria, I should probably introduce her. So Maria Stegovaya is a fellow for at the Center for European Policy Analysis and a PPE postdoctoral fellow at Virginia Tech. She is a specialist on comparative politics, international relations, and statistical methods. And the key focus of her research is democratic backsliding in Eastern Europe as well as Russia's domestic and foreign policy. Her research results and analysis have appeared in policy and peer-reviewed journals, including the Journal of Democracy, Democratization, and of course, uh, the Washington Post political science blog, The Monkey Cage. So Maria, let's uh, hear your thoughts, please. Uh, thanks, Joe. Uh, so I will be talking more specifically about the research that we've done as part of this uh, project with, between SIPA and Levada, and also uh, talk a little bit about the implications. Uh, specifically, um, in our study, we have focused on uh, factors that predict uh, civic engagement within the Russian youth. Uh, as Dennis has outlined, there's a lot of studies that compare the different uh, older age cohorts uh, to the younger Russians, and we see that the younger Russians are different on multiple indicators, uh, but there's a few studies that look specifically within this uh, younger age groups uh, between 16 and uh, 34 years old to understand what factors explain why some of them are more civically and politically engaged uh, than others. And uh, specifically for the purposes of this study, we define civic engagement as activities that I am aimed at changing and developing a civil society, usually measured in terms of voting in elections, cooperating and organizing with other people to solve common problems, volunteering, uh, etc. Uh, previous studies by Levada Center have demonstrated uh, that among Russians on average, the uh, uh, number of people who are engaged in various types of such activities, such as volunteering, donating money, or organizing with other people is generally lower uh, than in the West and more or less uh, uh, stays stable at about uh, the same level. 
specifically, for example, when it comes to non-material assistance to those in need, voting election donated money for social purposes, Levada Center in um, April 2020 has found that 20, 38%, 29%, and 21% of Russians, respectively, have engaged in this level, uh, in these types of activities. But when it comes to the younger uh, age groups, uh, there we see a, always a significant incre um, increase uh, as opposed to this median uh, number. Uh, by an excess of 10, uh, 20%, uh, there's many more uh, younger Russians actually tend to engage in different types of uh, civic activities. Uh, so in order to address uh, this issue, so what def uh, describes these younger Russians who are more civically engaged? Uh, in um, fall 2019, uh, we together uh, ran a survey that was purposefully designed for these purposes. Um, in order to understand the variation in civic engagement levels among the younger Russians. Uh, the um, question, the main dependent variable, the civic engagement, uh, was structured as follows. So we asked our respondents uh, to answer the following question. Please tell us if in the last 12 months you have participated in groups, sports or interest groups, donated money for uh, charitable uh, purposes, worked as volunteer, organized with other people to solve problems, uh, sent inquiry complaint of the authorities, signed collective appeals, participated in the protest rallies, and voted in elections of, an, uh, of any level. And so uh, what we find is very different, interesting. Uh, so first of all, the survey was run only among uh, residents of uh, big cities, uh, cities that have about uh, one million residents and more. Uh, that is because we know it's a common finding in the literature that rural residents are actually usually less civically engaged and that's specifically not particularly, very, not a very interesting variation to focus on. Uh, so what distinguishes those younger Russians who are more uh, civically engaged and politically engaged in big cities from others who are less engaged? Uh, so what we have found, and I'm going to briefly summarize, are the following indicators. First of all, for feminists out there, uh, the good news is gender is significant and women actually uh, tend to report uh, higher levels of civic engagement. One of the reasons is poss possibly because men are more likely to be focused on making money, but there might be other explanations as well. Second uh, criteria is education, uh, more educated. Uh, Russians are more civically engaged. Uh, internet, uh, not as predictive per se, because we asked a variety of questions like social networks, uh, uh, private uh, TV channels. As uh, exposure to federal TV channel actually is associated to global levels of civic engagement. And we explained that by the fact that uh, you know, people who tend to watch uh, federal TV channels more tend to engage also with all kinds of uh, activities that are not very conducive uh, to civic uh, engagement, uh, uh, more broadly speaking. And our most interesting finding, I would say, is that um, the so-called indicators of openness, that is a person who travels more frequently to abroad, outside of Russia, and those people who speak foreign languages uh, also tend to be more uh, civically engaged than others. Interestingly enough, we do not find very pronounced regional differences. Uh, so Moscow, as compared to other regions, or more um, uh, better off regions as opposed to more uh, less or worse off regions, they don't necessarily show significant differences uh, in civic engagement. And ultimately, um, it's also possible that uh, var uh, various expansion variables are correlated with each other. Uh, so to account for that, uh, we also ran a factor analysis uh, that allows us to correlate uh, different, lump together different uh, expansion variables. 
and we have uh, identified several factors uh, that may be predictive of uh, higher levels of civic engagement. Of those, uh, the two significant ones were only this indicator of openness, that is, uh, you know, uh, speaking foreign languages, traveling abroad, communicating with the peers in foreign languages, uh, reading, again, books in foreign languages and watching uh, uh, videos and um, uh, listening to podcasts in foreign languages, as well as exposure to more uh, diverse information sources um, that tended to be primarily predictive of political engagement. Uh, so the key finding is, uh, first of all, the younger Russians who travel abroad or speak foreign languages and, so to speak, are more exposed to things outside, what, so, so know how life can be different from the life they live in Russia. Uh, those Russians actually tend to be more uh, civically engaged and uh, uh, the association is very strong and positive on multiple indicators of civic engagement. Uh, when it comes to internet exposure and exposure to more uh, diverse information sources other than federal TV channels, we see that uh, that uh, factor specifically predicts political engagement. Uh, that is, for example, uh, actively voting, signing petitions, uh, uh, going to protest rallies, etc., etc. Uh, so, in this sense, I would suggest two possible policy implications of these results. So, first of all, internet is significant, and people who are on the internet, as Dennis has mentioned, uh, in the recent years. Uh, tend to be quite much more aware of what's going on in the country and accordingly much more opposition-minded uh, than uh, the average, than people who are not uh, on the internet as frequently. And second of all, people with experience of traveling abroad, those who are more exposed to the outside world, also tend to be more civically engaged, probably because uh, this exposure actually um, en enhances their understanding of how life can be different and they want to change something. Uh, domestically. Although it's of course uh, important to keep in mind that what we're talking about is uh, only uh, the question of uh, correlation and our study did not allow us to address the um, uh, uh, causality question. And uh, policy-wise, of course, this suggests that, for example, these exchange programs that were quite popular in the past and were effectively banned uh, by the Kremlin, uh, that allow Russians, uh, younger Russians to travel abroad, you know, to be exposed to different cultures. Uh, those uh, programs are actually quite effective in, uh, again, increasing the um, exposure to the outside world and maybe changing the outlook to uh, the world. Of course, as the internet penetrates deeper in the Russian societies, we're also more likely to see uh, some uh, things change. Uh, but a grain of salt here is that, unfortunately, here, despite the fact that, uh, as Denis has uh, um, uh, described, and we have found that the younger people tend to really differ from the older age cohorts and uh, to be more modernized on different uh, levels of, uh, on different indicators. Unfortunately, it's important to keep in mind that this uh, age group is very small. It's really a smaller share of the Russian society that, as of 2019, only constitutes 16.5% of the population. So despite the fact that this um, age group actually is different from the rest of society, it's not clear to what extent, given its lower share, it will be implementing fundamental change in the near future. And I'll stop here. Okay, well, thank you, Maria. Uh, we're going to now turn to uh, Joel Dory for a response, but before we do so, I need to remind our audience that if you have questions for our guests, you can submit them via email to kennan at wilsoncenter.org, via Twitter at Kennan Institute, 
or on our Facebook page. Uh, so please do include your name and affiliation when you send a question, and uh, we'll get to those during the Q&A period. Uh, so we're going to turn now to Jill. I'm going to introduce her first, however. So Jill, she's an expert on Russia and the former Soviet Union. She's a global fellow at the Wilson Center, affiliated with the Kennan Institute. And in her three-decade career with CNN, she served as foreign affairs correspondent based in Washington, D.C., where she covered the State Department and provided analysis on international issues. She previously served as U.S. Affairs Editor for CNN International, Managing Editor of CNN International Asia Pacific based in Hong Kong, and CNN's Moscow Bureau Chief and Correspondent. In 2013-14, she was a fellow at the Shorenstein Center on Media, Politics, and Public Policy at Harvard University's John F. Kennedy School of Government, where she pursued research on Russia's mass media. Uh, and this past spring, she taught a class focused on the Putin generation at Georgetown University. And you can find her article on that topic on our website. So Jill, the floor is yours. Thank you very much, Joe. Um, and thank you for mentioning that course, because that's how I became acquainted with Maria. I think we'd met before, but uh, specifically on this subject and also with Denise. I met him in Moscow and we've communicated. And uh, I, I have to say that, you know, going back when I was working in Moscow, going back to like 2011, 2012, when there were massive protests on the streets of Moscow and some other cities, I became very intrigued as I talked to people and especially young people about what motivated them, what, what were they up to, why were they there? And then as the protests continued over the past number of years, I would go, uh, you know, again for CNN onto the streets. I ended up talking with a lot of 17 year olds and I kept thinking, you know, they are so different from the young people that certainly I knew in the Soviet Union and even in the early part of uh, modern Russia. So I was very intrigued. And then um, because I was intrigued, I started looking for research. And that is how I came upon Maria and Denise's uh, work, which I think is really excellent. Um, th these young people are different. And so the question that I have is how do you um, how do you define why are they different and how are they different? I would have to say I'm not going to go through all of the points that they have mentioned because they're they're pretty clear and I think they're very significant, especially access to information and the internet. That is, I think, one of the key key issues. And as such, and I think this is a key point, less vulnerable to Kremlin propaganda messaging and information, more exposed to other things. Um, I would say, as I looked through their data, and I want to keep my comments brief, as I looked through the data, I did have some questions, and they're not questions about the work per se, but they're questions about going forward, what do we extrapolate from these studies? And I'd have to say, it seemed to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that there was a lack of specificity about the demands by the young people. They wanted more respect. They wanted uh, self-realization. They certainly wanted less corruption, and that's pretty specific, but they also wanted more opportunity. But when you drill down and try to define what exactly is that, what does respect mean? What does opportunity mean? That's where you get into some interesting questions. Um, 
they are civically engaged, as Maria has been talking about. But is this a sign of a nascent political movement? I don't think so yet. And I don't know where this is going exactly. As we pointed out, they don't vote as much as older uh, Russians. And certainly people, you know, in many countries don't really get active until they get into their late 20s, early 30s, etc. Um, they, they are, uh, the support for Putin is dropping. But I would have a question, who do they support? Is it you know, Navalny, I don't think totally. I think, you know, he is, he's an agent of change, but is he a person that they come out to vote for? It feels like something else is happening there. So who are the potential leaders that they might support? Do they see anybody realistically at this point that they might support? Um, I think crucial issue, the uh, reaction to increased control over the internet and internet freedom in Russia, I believe is a major factor. I think it is uh, angering some young people. And I would think that that would be a factor that you'd have to look at. Obviously the Putin administration has introduced a lot more controls or they try to introduce a lot more control over the internet. And um, the fact that they are on the internet, what are they looking at? They're not necessarily looking at news. They are getting other sources of information. I spent a lot of time watching uh, the uh, vlogger uh, Yuri Dutz, and the, you know he's extremely effective. D-U-D is his last name, Yuri Dutz, and he's extremely effective. He is not your traditional politician. He is very personal. He's expressing his his feelings and his emotions and what he wants. So there's a different type of communication going on. Final, um, what I would jump in and say here, um, it's happening on a local grassroots level. This to me is a very good sign because it's starting from the bottom up, not the top down, which is the Kremlin's approach is always, let's start a youth organization. Let's do it from the top down. This is more organic and its grass, grassroots. Uh, education, as Maria mentioned, the educational exchanges that some Russians have been on, I think are extremely important. I did the reverse when I was a student many years ago. I went to Russia and it changed my life. And I think that the reverse can change the lives of young Russians. Um, interesting fact that you did not find a link necessarily between income levels, region of residence, and civic engagement. There are people all over Russia who are involved in local grassroots civic engagement. Um, I do think precisely because it's more organic, less organized, that the Kremlin will have a harder time controlling it because it is not centrally controlled. And that can be a great advantage. Uh, I do believe that it is an expression of civic society civil society that is really the, the basis of democracy in the West as I see it. Individuals coming together for common purpose. Uh, I do think it raises a question of whether the, the West should really just kind of <laughs> let Russia be Russia and kind of let Russians do their own democracy or whether the West continues to think that it has to encourage democracy. I think that debate feels a bit old to me. I think Russians actually are 
building their own democracy that could be quite different from what some Americans think, but I do think that, that it is happening. Um, finally, uh, I would like to be optimistic, and basically I am. But I do know that internet penetration in any country does not guarantee uh, that more democracy will spring up. We have a lot of internet uh, uh, penetration here in the United States, and certainly Western Europe has the same, but we have very divided societies. So this will, at this point, it is good because young Russians are being exposed to other ideas, namely Western ideas, uh, and I mean Western in the sense of Western values. It could be Asia, they're very influenced right now by youth culture in Asia, South Korea, Japan. But I do think that is fantastic. But I do uh, also, I'm quite realistic, I believe, in unfortunately thinking this will not be a panacea for Russia and, uh, and its growth in democracy. So that's, I think I'll leave it there and we can go to some questions. Thank you, Joe. Okay, thank you, Joe. Well, we have a little bit under uh, 45 minutes for discussion and Q&A. Um, I will remind again our audience that if you have questions for our guests, you can submit them via email to kennan at wilsoncenter.org, via Twitter at Kennan Institute, or on our Facebook page. And a reminder to please include your name and affiliation when you send a question. Uh, we're going to be joined during the Q&A period by uh, Sapan Gacharov, the third co-author of this report. Sapan is a sociologist at the Levada Center and has conducted various research on political and economic behavior and media consumption in Russia. And he has been the head of the Levada Lab since December 2018. So Stepan, the first sociology question we're going to send to you. But uh, the first question I have in my queue is uh, from Eleanor Sutter. And the essence of her question is uh, trying to unpack the term pro-Western. So does pro-Western you know, orientation, does that refer to uh, an admiration for economic opportunity and uh, room for uh, personal growth and, and, and achievement, or does that extend to uh, international issues and international affairs? So uh, Eleanor is skeptical that the later applies. Maybe our, our, our panelists can uh, fill us in. Okay, maybe I can uh, uh, take this. Uh, yes, we we were looking at uh, this in uh, focus groups in this project and other projects as well. And uh, yes, there is, I would say, uh, admiration uh, 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 with the West, uh, uh, its uh, culture, uh, uh, pop culture very very interesting and uh, exciting for a uh, young generation is music it's films uh, it's uh, a series uh, uh, a film series on hbo so um, uh, this is what uh, young people watch and uh, uh, they watch uh, uh, this uh, uh, more frequent than older older generation and um, uh, uh, it's also about uh, 
of the wealth of the West. It's uh, not uh, uniquely uh, uh, young people who think so, older generations as well. Uh, but uh, but the, the West uh, has uh, has built a, a vibrant economies. Uh, the uh, the, uh, the um, people people live uh, live better in the West and more prosperous. It what. Uh, 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 people and young people want, but also uh, pro-Western is also uh, friendliness uh, to the uh, to the West, more openness to to the West and uh, uh, new experiences about uh, which Maria was uh, uh, talking. So it's uh, eagerness to uh, look at different examples as well, not only at uh, uh, your own example, which is, uh, I mean, also very important. It's uh, young people can also be nationalistic and uh, um, proud of uh, uh, of Russia, uh, but they're also looking uh, looking uh, uh, abroad. But of course, I must add that uh, uh, many of these um, attitudes are. Uh, are cliches, so not many are going into details, uh, into details, and uh, don't un not necessarily understand how it works. Uh, but also, I think what is important, and I haven't yet mentioned, that with the younger generation, this uh, um, characteristic of uh, rights, human rights, uh, and uh, 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 that uh, in the Western uh, states that uh, uh, um, people are more def uh, um, more protected by uh, by the law and so on, it is more uh, uh, important for younger younger generations. So uh, younger generations. So yes, it's uh, um, it's not only pro-Western, not only friendliness to the West, but also. Uh, taking some uh, something uh, new for for the country and uh, finding out something new. I'll just uh, quickly jump in and add two more cents. Uh, first of all, in recent years, uh, the uh, demand for re improving relations with the West has been growing across all of the segments of the Russian societies, but is particularly pronounced in the younger age cohort. And the second, again, grain of salt. Sorry, them today. <laughs> On the pessimistic side, uh, this uh, pro-Western orientation also means uh, that more uh, younger Russians want to leave Russia. And in a 2019 uh, survey by the Vada Center, for example, in the group from 18 to 24 years old said that 53% of them want to leave uh, Russia. And of course, the primary destination are the Western society. It's uh, primarily because of the quality of life, uh, but also because this culture is attractive and in general, the, 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 the life is perceived as being more normal, more high quality in the West than it is in Russia at the moment. Okay, thank you. Um, we have a question from, I'm missing her name, uh, from Catherine Schuler from the University of Maryland. And uh, she's curious about uh, the, the Putin administration's use of uh, basically the victory of, in World War II as a legitimizing uh, force for the Russian state. Uh, is that effort, uh, that continuing effort, uh, resonating still with the younger generation, or is it uh, 
Is it losing its effectiveness? Well, maybe had, uh, right now hard to say for sure, but uh, uh, we, what we definitely know that um, uh, a younger generation has less interest in, uh, uh, in uh, history uh, and uh, less understanding what uh, 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 particular events took place. It's, it's not only about uh, uh, great... Uh, Patriotic War, Second World War, and also uh, near history as well. So uh, these historical uh, historical events, uh, those which uh, uh, younger generations uh, generations ha had uh, has no uh, their own experience uh, in uh, living uh, uh, during that time and uh, uh, speaking to the people who were uh, living at uh, that time. So more and more people uh, are now, uh, such young people are now in Russia. But I think uh, the, uh, what is here important, it's not about history, it's about also, and we already told this, about the channels, uh, how this message is delivered. And uh, with the uh, younger generation, it's increasingly uh, social networks and uh, and uh, internet, and we see that uh, uh, Russian state is not at least yet uh, successful in um, uh, in uh, uh, doing so in delivering this message. And I several times uh, uh, heard how uh, people from the authorities lamented about it themselves. Uh, like uh, speaking not about, uh, sorry, maybe it's a little bit different from the question uh, already, but uh, that it's, uh, that Yuri Dut, for example, who can deliver uh, messages uh, uh, attractive to the uh, younger generation, he speaks about such uh, topics as uh, Kalima, as uh, 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 Bislan and others, and uh, state uh, television is already envying Dut. So maybe maybe they will be uh, able to uh, to reach a uh, uh, younger generation. But uh, right now, they well, the state is failing to do so. So maybe it's not in <laughs> entirely about uh, what you asked, but I hope it, uh, it will help. Oh, I think you answered it actually quite well. Uh, the state is basically failing to put its World War II message, the victory message, to the younger generation effectively because they just don't have the means of communication that the, the young people currently use. I think that's what you're trying to say and, and said so very well. Um, we have a question from Amy Howard, a, a student at East Tennessee State University, and she's asking whether Russia is seeing a surge in far-right association and activities among youth, similar to what's currently happening in the United States. So is there a, a far-right youth movement that's using the internets? Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, 
let me start addressing that. Maybe uh, Denis or Stepan will add. Uh, so in Russia, the uh, more nationalist movement have been more popular in the second half of uh, 2000, uh, when uh, it a uh, smaller scale, but nonetheless quite active uh, nationalist movement has spread. Some of them not without help of the presidential administration that at the time was sort of flirting with the uh, nationalism. As of now, honestly, I am not familiar with any uh, evidence of the increase in the far right. Of course, it was also the 2014 uh, Ukraine and uh, the associated rise in so-called of patriotism, but also rise of this uh, nationalist um, uh, grassroots uh, mobilizing groups that also actually turned out, turned out to be quite uh, limited in size eventually and Russia failed to mobilize a substantive number of its population to go to, for example, fight in DNR, LNR. Uh, those groups have re remained on the margins. At the moment, the interest seems to be going in the different uh, direction. It's uh, shifting away from this uh, patriotic mobilization. I, just a reminder, right, to, to what extent these things actually tend to fluctuate. Just in 2014, there were multiple publications, particularly in the West, describing how the younger people are even more Putinist than the older generations, and Russia will never change. They will always embrace Putin and forever rally around this uh, his patriotic flag. Uh, just a couple of years later, we actually see quite the opposite uh, situation where the younger Russians are the most uh, anti-Putin and the most critical of uh, the Kremlin. Uh, I actually have a theory that uh, the Russian, the younger Russians, because they're more often on the internet and just because of different uh, reasons, they actually tend to be more reflective on the broader societal trends. And certain trends that are that occur in the society, they tend to just more, be more pronounced uh, in uh, this younger age uh, cohort. Uh, when it comes to specific types of the younger Russian organizations, in the recent years, uh, we saw um, that uh, the style-based um, communities, so for example, being a goth or an ethno, you know, the wearing, dressing certain things, wearing a particular type of makeup, is increasingly be in, being replaced by more um, civil action-oriented communities where um, increasingly younger groups are organized around, around a certain cause, be it, for example, healthy lifestyle, or in some cases, I don't know, helping uh, people who get lost in the uh, assisting, for example, finding younger kids or older all the people who, for example, disappear. Uh, so this is actually quite a welcome development uh, in line with the whole uh, modernization argument that we're that we discussing here. And overall, it seems that to me that the civic engagement uh, that grows among the young Russian, Russians actually goes in the right direction. Okay, thank you. Uh, we have a question from Marjorie Mandelstam Balzer from Georgetown University. Uh, and she's asking whether you have data uh, that uh, whether these these trends extend to youth in non-Russian ethnically based republics. Uh, do you have any uh, breakout data about attitudes in these republics? No, we do not have uh, the data specifically in these uh, in these republics, but. Uh, uh, some trends uh, are universal in technology. It is, I, I think it's, uh, no it will be no mistake to say it's universal. It's universal for other countries, and I think it's universal within the country as well. Uh, though uh, uh, what we have in Russia, that uh, national republics in Russia quite often, not uh, always, but uh, quite often they have uh, 
um, uh, special political regimes within uh, Russia, uh, Chechnya comes to mind. Uh, and though, of course, uh, we see these the same trends with social networks, with internet in these republics as well, we see that uh, the uh, political climate is much, uh, much harder uh, there. Like in, in Chechnya, the pressure from the uh, 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 regional government is uh, much harder, and but we we see and we see that uh, again younger generation in Chechnya they are m m more opened in the LGBT issues, for example. But at the same time, they suffer uh, in these uh, in these republics in Chechnya, particularly uh, because uh, the older generations and political elites they do not uh, uh, embrace embrace it. And they want to impose uh, their uh, values, their understanding uh, of uh, life, and so on. And they have every every opportunity to do so. This is the problem. It's not that uh, uh, younger uh, uh, people are different. Of course, they are different because, uh, uh, forgive me, but uh, saying this, but it's still uh, quite often national such national republics are. Uh, less uh, modernized societies uh, within within Russia itself, and uh, uh, instead of helping uh, uh, younger people to um, uh, re uh, how's it uh, self-realize uh, and uh, help them to cope with these di differences they have, uh, they are much uh, harder suppressed in uh, uh, national republics than in. Uh, 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 outside uh, other regions of Russia. Several people have asked if there's a difference between categories within the Russian youth. For example, in the United States, we speak of millennials and Generation Z. Uh, can you break down any significant uh, differences between, uh, you know, the young and the very young <laughs> in Russia uh, and their attitudes towards civic engagement? Uh, the uh, it's, it's actually did uh, focus a little bit on those uh, differences as well. Uh, the broader t uh, and I hope Denise will actually add a little bit more. Uh, the broader differences, uh, as we have discussed, information sources is fundamental divide that uh, creates uh, millennials and generations positions millennials generations at on one side of this divide and uh, older age groups on the other side of this divide, uh, which along with um, uh, Jill's uh, comment, for example, definitely is contributive to polarization within the Russian society, where uh, one share remains more traditionalist and the uh, Kremlin's support of the Kremlin, and the other one more modernized and uh, protest-oriented. Uh, within the age groups themselves, however, their differences, some of them are, though, associated to just the fact that Generation Z is still younger, right? Uh, for example, in Russia, the interest towards politics tend to emerge later. And it's not just in Russia, I think that's pretty common for the United States as well. Uh, so er, younger age groups, uh, they're not particularly interested in politics. And um, I think by one of the Levada polls, um, about 80% of um, uh, Russians uh, aged um, 
18 to 24 actually said that they were not uh, interested in politics. Uh, that's Generation Z, right? That's uh, just an age reflection. Millennials, uh, older age groups, they're much more into politics at this point. Also, among the younger age cohort, we find when it comes to civic engagement, significantly more pronounced levels of volunteering. Uh, this, I think, so there's two explanations. First of all, they just have more time for volunteering because that's uh, usually like uh, non-paid activities uh, and they have time for it. But that's also something that indicates that Generation Z may become even more civically engaged as they grow younger, as they, sorry, as they grow older, since they're already demonstrate quite uh, pronounced um, uh, differences on this indicator one as compared to other age cohorts. Uh, yes, and I will only add that, uh, so um, uh, these uh, millennials, they are already more politicized and uh, in this sense, they are more critical uh, of the government uh, uh, and uh, maybe they are uh, uh, among the most uh, 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 harsh critics right now uh of the of the regime which was not the case uh, several years ago so, and they're more supportive of uh, protest activities so uh, uh, they are uh, more interested in politics and more in this sense more diverged from the uh, from the regime but uh, at the same time we see that uh, uh, millennials are still uh, more interested in uh, tv especially in uh, smaller uh, smaller towns, so they are more exposed uh, uh, to state uh, state media, state propaganda, but it somehow doesn't help uh, uh, that much. Um, and uh, younger generation, Z generation, uh, they are absolutely, uh, absolutely confident in the internet, all the social networks, and they're behind this drive of uh, uh, rising YouTube, Instagram, uh, so they're innovators in this in this sense, but still less interested in politics. And uh, but uh, they're generally not interested. But when they are interested, uh, some event captures their imagination. Then they uh, uh, quickly can find out uh, what's uh, what's going on and have a uh, uh, different different picture. That's um, I'll just quickly add that uh, uh, what we didn't find, and that's also uh, to Jill's comment, what we can do as well. We were also trying to find the impact of formative events, right? So, for example, growing up during a certain time, certain period. Uh, as a millennial, I personally, for example, know that growing up in this so-called, you know, Dacian 1990s actually had a very positive impact, effect on me because I actually experienced, uh, had this experience of freedom and how, you know, media can be free and you can protest without any uh, limitations and uh, uh, there was this particular spirit during the 1990s that uh, disappeared uh, later. And I know it didn't just influence me, but the whole cohort of the younger politicians, like Ilya Yashin, for example, who were growing up throughout that period. Uh, it's possible that Generation Z may be slightly different because they have been only growing up under Putin and they really don't know anything else. Uh, that might have a positive and a negative uh, effect on their uh, subsequent um, 
grow, subsequent behavior and attitudes. But unfortunately, in our study, uh, we have not been able to identify a particular impact of certain formative experience on subsequent formation of uh, these age groups. Joe, can I just jump in for 30 seconds? Uh, one thing, and again, I'm not the author of this report. I was a recipient. And I, I have one other question that I think will be really interesting to follow. Um, how Russian are these kids? Because I think their self-identity is not that they think of themselves as Germans or Americans or anything like that. They are Russian. But how they define what Russia is in this world, to me, will be very, very important. And one factor that I learned from some of this research is, and I knew it from my experience as well, but a lot of young Russian people live at home and they live with their grandparents. So these things that you think like World War II or images and influences that would belong to an older generation sometimes penetrate the youngest generation precisely because of the presence of grandparents. So um, I, I, that it, to me is tied into what Russia is, what's Russia's role, are we Russians, if we are, what does it mean, are we unique, all these questions that, that have been constants in Russian history, but I think will be very important. What kind of Russian do, Russia do these young people want to live in? Thanks. Thank you, Joe. Well, uh, we have about 20 minutes remaining in this session and uh, a final reminder to our audience that if you have a question, you can submit it via email to kennan at wilsoncenter.org, via Twitter at Kennan Institute, or on our Facebook page. Um, I'm going to ask my own question now, however, and I'm going to ask um, one of the bits of conventional wisdom that people have, at least that people I know have, about uh, Russians is they are a great deal of apathy when it comes to politics. You know, whatever I do doesn't mean anything. Why should I care? Why should I participate? Is that now outdated? Is that changing? Is that uh, increasingly changing? Or um, uh, tell me, tell me how that's changed. Well, it is uh, mm -hmm. it is true for a big extent, and. Uh, um, Still, uh, uh, we see that um, uh, younger generations, the youngest generation is not interested in politics, which is, and what is uh, more, uh, there is a big uh, feeling in uh, Russian society that it's very hard to influence anything. And uh, in this sense, as there is no chance to do so, you should not do anything. Uh, but uh, it is more pronounced in the older generations, I think, um, and not so uh, so uh, uh, big in the younger generation. But what we also, uh, and um, it's not only um, apathy, it's also, I would say, a vacuum of uh, leaders, a vacuum of leaders, though, again, new leaders uh, emerge uh, as uh, Navalny, Yashin, Bandarenko, others uh, emerge, but uh, because the uh, uh, main uh, and uh, the very straightforward uh, channels are jammed by the, uh, by the government, it is very hard for these uh, 
leaders to emerge. And um, so uh, all these channels are not used uh, uh, and do not working in this capacity of uh, uh, finding new leaders and exposing new, uh, new leaders. And, but still, I, I think in the new uh, uh, environment of uh, uh, government losing its popularity, so where, when the government is not popular per se, we have more room for civic uh, initiative, uh, even protest, because uh, uh, people are not happy by default and they are uh, trying to, uh, well, uh, uh, come together and uh, uh, solve uh, the problem, uh, solve the problems. And within this environment of uh, low ratings, these, uh, um, this somehow encourage people to do so. Though, of course, it's not the majority who is doing this, but I would say, roughly speaking, one third of uh, population who is ready uh, and uh, doing something, not, not necessarily political, but I think it, uh, any type of such activity helps uh, Russia to be more diverse, more an, uh, an empowering society, people, uh, bottom up doing something. Uh, maybe I can also address that question specifically with regards to the youth, uh, since I anticipated there will be specifically a question about how this all translates into the political activity of the Russian youth. And uh, as Denis said, I just wanted to back uh, the argument that we see things are changing. We see that the group that used to be the most pro-Putin, the so-called Putin generation, actually has, has now become the most protest prone. But it seems to be that uh, things have not been as bad for them yet. So they're not quite aware of the, um, the, the need to translate this into some kind of a political change. Very common uh, discussion is my colleagues from Russia report with a younger uh, Russian, you know, quite aware of everything that's going on, horrified, willing to, to, to do something, but totally unaware of ways to do anything at all. So not aware that there is election taking place, not aware that there is also sorts of, uh, you know, local groups to join. So we are in this, I would just dis uh, describe it as a, st a stage of accumulating change, quantitative change that has not yet translated into qualitative uh, uh, change. Uh, for example, uh, when it comes to the polls, uh, there's an, a group of uh, scholars in Russia who have been uh, doing a, a remarkable work serving protest uh, participants in Moscow. Uh, so according to the data, the share of young people who take part in protest has actually remained more or less constant since 2011 up until uh, now. And it represents about 22-30% of the protest uh, participants. Uh, there was a brief moment back in 2017 when Navalny organized his famous protest uh, based on his video on Vam Nidimon. Uh, devoted to um, uh, then Prime Minister uh, Dmitry Medvedev's corruption, alleged corruption, uh, where uh, really many young people took to the streets and there was even uh, the Kremlin propaganda channels uh, accusing Navalny of essentially attracting schoolboys uh, to protest. What seems to be to explain that phenomenon is that those protest actions were mostly unauthorized and when the protest is not authorized, typically younger people are the ones who have less to lose and they tend to show in higher numbers as opposed to the rest of the um, uh, population. When a protest is uh, authorized, we generally do not see that uh, pronounced participation of the younger uh, Russian 
discussions uh, yet. Uh, but uh, the protest propensity is, is growing, as Dennis has um, outlined. It grows particularly strongly among the younger uh, age cohort. Uh, and uh, um, for example, some side indicators may be uh, demonstrating that things are going in, uh, in the direction of more active participation eventually. For example, just to give you the example from September 13th, uh, voting they just ended. Uh, the Navalny Smart Voting Campaign actually succeeded in only very uh, several uh, cities in Russia, but one of them is Tomsk. In Tomsk, where Navalny has been poisoned, unfortunately. Uh, Tomsk is historically a more student uh, city where universities are very active and that part for example may be one of the reasons why uh navalny campaign has been able to elect a lot of it, uh, participants a lot of uh, the candidates supported into the uh, city um, council uh, so overall as i said the change may be coming but we are not there quite yet okay thank you uh so i have a, another question from uh jason gresh who's uh, currently a eurasia foreign Area Officer Fellow at the Kennan Institute. And the essence of his question is, and this may be more of a suggestion for a future report, but have you, uh, has the Levada Center done any studies in Russia that follow a certain cohort of young people as they mature through life? So do we, do you track or have you tracked, you know, how, I guess my generation, Generation X may have felt back in the day and then how they feel compared to how they feel now. Um, have you done that in the past or is this maybe something that you will do five to 10 years from now in, in the next one, and, and, and hopefully we'll not be at Zoom if we present that report. Uh, well, we uh, actually, we did, didn't because, uh, well, we had this idea and actually wanted to do, uh, to do this, uh, uh, but uh, didn't, uh, 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 but didn't. Uh, though we had in uh, mind in several questions that we were uh, tracing, such as uh, attitudes towards the West, for example, it's always that younger generations are, are more positive towards the West than they grow and something, something happens. So we try to, uh, uh, try to uh, at least uh, uh, put some question marks whether uh, these uh, uh, these changes that we are seeing that they will uh, endure but uh, still there is no guarantee i think it's more about uh, that uh, um, like with uh, uh, going going abroad as maria said that uh, half of uh, our younger generation would like to go and uh, live abroad but uh, let's uh, uh, let's uh, put a question if they don't and not everyone uh, certainly will go and live abroad. So uh, now they have the whole life uh, before them and uh, they see it as a well legitimate opportunity. But then lives, uh, life is go on and uh, you do not go uh, and uh, your uh, hope or wish is not fulfilled then what? Uh, how how this will affect on your attitudes towards the West, towards the going there and so on. Maybe you will be angry, angry with yourself and it will be translated to the West uh, it's, uh, itself. So it's not uh, that straightforward. And of course, not all these uh, differences that we see in younger generation will translate uh, uh, for sure uh, uh, as uh, these people grow. 
but still I think this what is more important and encouraging this that these young people are more resourceful at least and uh, in some senses for, for sure in uh, information Mm, they're less dependent on the state and so they can have their own uh, make their own mind on many many issues so it does not guarantee democracy but still it uh, guarantees in a sense more diverse society and this uh, provides some hope for the uh, for modernize for modernizing russia Okay, well, we have about seven minutes remaining. So what I will do is I'll ask a final question from our audience and, and apologies for those excellent questions that I did not get a chance to get to. It's just a lot of great questions and not a lot of time. Um, so I'll ask the question uh, and then get a response to those who wish to respond. And if uh, I'll give the panelists a chance to have a final word before we sign off for the day. Uh, before I ask a question, however, I wanna thank each of our participants today uh, for their for their great thoughts and insights. We look forward to seeing the report when it comes out later this month. So please have a look out for that uh, audience when, when it does come out. And I want to thank our audience for tuning in today on what is in DC a beautiful day uh, where many people would probably rather be outside. But thank you for coming in and listening to this, this important presentation. So the question comes from Charlotte Singleton from the Camden Conference and she asks, uh, basically, what does the younger generation value in Russian society and culture? What is it that they view po positively and what are the example of social problems they ho hope to change through their civic participation? So in the tradition of asking questions at events, she packed three into one. So I'll, I'll let uh, the panelists respond. Uh, well, we uh, maybe uh, it's uh, we were not uh, particularly looking at what uh, what is good uh, uh, in Russia itself. Uh, uh, so it may be a topic for uh, for the future. Uh, but um, again, maybe I'll uh, re, uh, a little bit uh, answer differently. That what uh, would they prefer uh, taking from the West? It is, uh, so this uh, uh, strong economy and what Russia lacks and uh, uh, that, um, that it's uh, uh, protection by uh, law. And well, so, uh, sorry, I'm uh, actually answering the question what Russia is, isn't. Uh, but uh, uh, what I think interesting uh, was for me that uh, with younger generation, but not only in Russian generation, but in, uh, in the, uh, when we were speaking with young, uh, young people, uh, many of them were um, speaking about uh, um, some weakness of Russia as a state of deliver, delivering uh, goods. And uh, sometimes they were saying that we, we want to be a uh, strong country, great country, but quite, uh, quite often it remains in uh, words only. So they would, well, uh, young people would like Russia to be uh, <laughs> not, not uh, necessarily great again, but uh, strong in, in, in delivering, uh, delivering services for, uh, for its people. But in this sense, uh, young people are not uh, exactly uh, differentiate from uh, 
uh, older gen uh, generations, the main idea is uh, building a, a well a capable a capable state that and that has a person a person in the in the center of its agenda. But at the same time, we see that uh, in the uh, in the moments of uh, conflict, even young people uh, tend to uh, uh, experience this uh, rally behind the flag and uh, uh, can just forget the main uh, the main issues that uh, uh, they're interested in day to day uh, to day life. And sometimes that is great issue of Russia's great power. Uh, it, 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 like it can influence the uh, influence the, the moods of young generations as well as older generations. Though it does not stay, uh, the effect stays not as long as with the uh, older generations. So, but we we must, I think, uh, look particularly on this uh, issue and talk more. Uh, about what actually, actually, uh, I, I will only add one thing that uh, it's very hard to speak about the future with young people, with all the people in focus groups. It's uh, often you have to make ask for comparison for current situation in other countries, in Ukraine, in uh, Belarus in other countries with current events that provide some examples uh, that uh, Russia can be, become in the future. For say it's very hard to say, to speak about uh, future models and uh, try to imagine things, what we, what we would like Russia to be, very hard. Thank you, Dennis. We have a, about a minute left for each of our remaining panelists. Uh, Maria, let's go to you first. Uh, Try to keep it to one minute, please. Uh, yes, overall, I th a lot of um, um, policymakers here in the United States have paid attention to this issue of uh, the growing generation of younger Russians and what it means for uh, the future of the country. I think our findings have uh, provided ground for some policy recommendations, in particular when it comes to you know this openness, encouraging exchange programs. Of course, I don't understand that it's uh, ultimately not to the uh, Western policymakers that comes down to the Kremlin that can ban in these programs. But overall we actually find that this experience of living and traveling abroad and overall strong exposure to other experiences, um, they are very conducive to um, positive, so to speak, change in attitudes among uh, the Russian, uh, younger Russian uh, group. Uh, and of course, uh, the internet, uh, that is probably going to uh, become an even more pronounced trend in more recent years. Uh, I wanted to highlight uh, that this, uh, the fact that people on in, in, in internet fundamentally differ from those who are not on the internet is not just uh, the uh, feature of the younger generation groups. This is the trend that's pronounced in all age cohorts. So even if you take a 90-year-old grandmother, if she's on the internet, she's likely to hold much more uh, position uh, uh, leaning uh, views so to be more dissatisfied with the way things are in the country. That's, I want to again point it out, that's also a relatively new phenomenon. Uh, like five or 10 years ago, 10 years ago, the situation was quite uh, different. And ultimately, uh, when it comes to the, what 
Russians would like to change in the society. I think Denise brilliantly answered that question, but I just wanted to add that multiple polls and focus groups over the recent years indicate that there is growing demand for change within all groups of the Russian society, particularly pronounced among the age cohort. So I'm pretty confident that eventually this demand, when accumulated, when combined with all these other trends that we have discussed today, will uh, transform into certain type of the political action and uh, it will become harder and harder for the Kremlin to contain it. Do you have any final thought? Uh, otherwise, we need to wrap up at this time. I can take 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. I would say two big changes. Concern for other people, which is very, very different to me from the old Soviet days. There are people who are volunteering to help other Russians, and that is a big difference in my book. And the other thing would be belief in their own ability to change things, which also is a very different approach to society from the old Soviet days, which continued. So I think both of those factors are important Thanks. Okay. I want to thank our panelists and our co-sponsors, the Levada Center and SIPA for participating in today's event. And uh, thanks to the Wilson Center AV team for putting on us all on uh, Zoom together. Thank you, everybody. This concludes our event today.